Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Driving You Homo, the radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles. And this week, I am joined in the virtual studio by none other than, oh, how am I going to wait, um, diva extraordinaire, drag artist, performer, um, mug for days. It's Victoria Scone. Hey, gal, how are you? Hello. Hello, love. How Hello. are you? How, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How has, how has Miss Rona been treating you? Not too bad. I've kind of guiltily enjoyed the time to myself a little bit. Is that, is that bad to say? No, I, I fully support. I, well, I think we're in two camps. I think everyone is in two camps when it comes to coronavirus and the mm. lockdown is the people that have sort of enjoyed the time away and being able to sort of hone skills and then there are people who are sort of maybe missing folk as well I think there's mm. I think there's two camps I think mm. actually I think I'm in both camps I, I was gonna I'm say just, I think I'm, I'm a bit of both I'm a bit of both I think maybe I swing both ways camp. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I love a camp <laughs> yeah VV camp so uh <laughs> we we've known each other for a couple of minutes now um yeah uh, two or three you, can you actually remember? Because I'm trying to rack my brain. The only thing I can kind of remember is Poppycock. But like, can you remember how we met? I, I can remember how we met the first time. I think we were at like a a show in London, which really uh, narrows it down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which I wasn't. I wasn't in the show. I was watching the show. Oh wait, was this was this um, was this in King's Cross? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I think, it was like I'm... a really colourful venue, like. I think this was at um, Eat Sleep something. Eat, eat sleep drink eat eat sleep. This, <laughs> Repeat. This is, so, this is so hilarious because it's genuinely down the road from where I live. Um, oh is it? Yeah. It's a really nice venue. So the only reason I went there, so I was I remember exactly the night. This was um uh and what's her drag name? Oh my god. This is so embarrassing. Wait, you trying to remember who was in it? No, I, I can remember Crayola was there. I can remember Poppycock was there. I can remember... Max was there? Uh, Max Legroom? Carrot was there? Yes, Carrot was there. Yeah. Was it Max Legroom? Max... Mm, was Max there? There was a... There was a king. king. There was definitely I can't a king. I remember their name. And I've got their face in, imprinted in me. And um, it was Flick de Bean's show. And yes. so Flick messaged me and she's like, oh, you live down the road. Could you... Yeah, it helped do mm. the door for me. And I was door like, queen. Well, I guess so. And, <laughs> and then cut to, I got drunk, and then I started flirting with the venue. And then I ended up starting, after that, um, Flick left for, um, I want to say Magaluf. Tenerife or something? Tenerife, yeah. She went somewhere. <laughs> she went somewhere. Um, and then levelled up Not the drag yet. and then came back just before coronavirus this full mm. new realized queen look and i was like you leave like six months disappear into the like into the distance and then come back in like full b like very jealous love it uh, but yeah so oh camp so i remembered you remembered it was flick the beans show at eat play sleep drink love repeat <laughs> the name all of the was. above um but you're a you're a you're a drag performer and we were talking um before the show and so like I I'm still unsure for me personally I still don't know if I identify as a drag queen even though I've been performing for many years and I've sort of fell into the sort of non-binary 
drag draglesque, I guess, sort of mm. experience. Um, but now, now because of coronavirus and the sort of leveling up my drag, um, I'm painting my face a lot more and I'm doing mm. some looks. Are they polished? Question <laughs> Something's Question happening mark. there. Yeah, there is a journey, there is an evolution. We're all going on it. But, yes. Um, but I think um, I I still don't know if I identify as a drag queen. I, I think I, mm-hmm. I, I like the term drag shambles because I'm consistently messy. I'm trying to get better, but it's sort of, it could be anywhere. It could go. Anywhere. Well, that's your brand, lovely. That's exactly. your brand. Thank you. <laughs> Therein lies my question to you. What is your mm. brand? How do you identify? Do you identify as a queen? Do you identify as something other? Where do we go from there? Well, I always have considered myself a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I don't mind the term drag artist, but specifically discussing the term because I am a, a biological woman and a cisgendered woman. What? <laughs> what? Gasps. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes, so I, I am born female, and there are lots of different terminologies that people use. People are offended by, people don't use, I, and I, I really don't mind too much. The only thing that I do mind, I don't mind, I've kind of discovered it, that I, I hate being introduced onto a show before people have even had the second to see me, is that, welcome to the stage, this, woman, this is a real woman you're about to see, this is a drag queen that's a woman. She's got real tits and boobs. <laughs> Sorry, no, I love She's it. Got I love real... it. <laughs> like that that happens more often than you would think. Like yeah. hosts want to tell everyone before you've well, even so, got there. Like but like that's that's the weird I think it's because it's a this from my perspective anyway, and please correct me if I'm wrong or correct me if you think I'm being stupid here, but I think drag is still dominated by that sort of cis white male even though it might be gay, oh, yeah. cis white male. And so, like, um, if there's someone that doesn't fall under that cis white male sort of uh, heading or characteristic, we're considered other. And mm. because of that, they want to go, oh, we're diverse. We've got an actual woman. And like, they want to yeah. label that. And Look at us. <laughs> do you think being identified, like, so, like, and that before we got started with the show, I, I wanted to make clear before I interviewed, like before I sort of, essentially what you said there. I don't want to like welcome you to the to the uh, twos and twos of listeners to be going like, yes. oh, she's the actual woman, but also she's the <laughs> queen. Like so, like yeah. Because do you think there is a sense of maybe uh, does it invalidate or does it make does it make people go, oh, she's just a woman? Like is that kind of the vibe that you get or like how do you I, I don't honestly know the intent behind it like yeah people it would go one of the, one of two camps again people go oh like oh no she's a woman like it, okay it's not drag then like it's just a woman up there having a laugh yeah. or like oh this is interesting like I've I've kind of heard about this once or twice and I'm interested now like it depends what audience you're with as well because I'm based in Wales in Cardiff mm-hmm. there's not a, a huge amount of diversity with gender or race or anything. Um, I love, love Cardiff though. Um, it, we're, we're working on that. Um, so often enough times it's an audience that's expecting a very traditional performer. So perhaps they would go, oh, it's a woman. I don't know. I've never had that. I've never had a negative experience of it. In, yeah. in a, people come up to me after and say, oh my God, I love the show. It's so fabulous. I can't believe you're a woman. And if, if people aren't told that before I get there, 
sometimes they generally don't know that I am a biological woman. Yeah. For, for months. I, so I have a, a weekly show at, at Mary's in Cardiff. And I had these two lovely guys come in, like literally every week for about a month or two. And then one night, one of them came up to me and goes, he's told me that you're a woman. I, I don't, it's not true, is it? It's not. You're not, are you? That's a sign of a great performer, though. Like, I don't, like, and so for me, and I'm sure probably you're, you're the same, is that, like, drag is like a hyper version of yourself and, like, you, you mm. get into the geese, you get into the, the makeup and stuff, and, like, you don't really care about your sort of male, female, whoever no. it is underneath the spackle. Uh, We've already thrown that out the window. Exactly. Even with traditional drag, like, it just befuddles me so much. It, yeah. it, 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 so, like... Even like so, my as well. You know, my drag is messy and it's evolving. But like, I what? <laughs> but like, so when I first started, I was wearing uh, a dress and a wig and no makeup, and I would have a beard and just a wig on, and that was it. And then mm-hmm. I would, after a gig, I would take the dress wig off, put my trousers on, put my sort of regular day clothes on, and um, I would still have people come up to me and go, "Oh, I can't believe that's you!" And I was like. How is, how are you not like, like I can see I can see with you because <laughs> your face is so immaculately painted like it is so I can't thank you. you it's so beautiful and I have been so um, I have been living for your Instagram posts recently so the last I think you've only started recently yeah like the last sort of week or two you've been doing these sort of time lapse videos with your mug. Yes, to go along with the photos, yes. I was getting a lot of requests to do like a tutorial kind of situation or like start a YouTube channel, which is in the pipeline, but um, potentially not quite yet. So I kind of wanted to test the waters with these like, yeah, timeline videos oh, of how I do my makeup. Oh, she's an influencer now. <laughs> but I, I mean, I like all jokes aside, I genuinely think not only are you an amazing person or an amazing queen, but like you, there's something about you that just exudes excellence and just, I, I want to like bottle it up and just be like, I need some of this. I need some of Take this. Take a shot of it. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. So like, um, so you moved, so like we met in London um yes mates from london i know you're not from london originally and you've now moved to you were talking about cardiff wales yes um why did you move there that must have been a huge decision um tell me that story <laughs> okay, yes okay really <laughs> yes really okay. <laughs> well yes i'm originally from portsmouth um and then i moved to london when i was i'm gonna say 18 Giving away my age now. I don't know why I went. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's, asking you. That's correct. Yes, that was the one. <laughs> yes, you were you were 18 in three months. Yeah, and <laughs> yes, I moved to London and I went there to uh, get a drama school. So I went to a uh, drama school in London and I hung around in London because that's what you do when you're an aspiring young actress or actor. Um, and that failed very <laughs> splendidly, as a lot of it does for a lot of people. Um, a lot of drag queens I know have started drag that way. I, <laughs> like, I started know. as a Shakespearean actor in Australia and then I went, I am tired of pretending to be someone I'm not. I'm going to be myself pretending <laughs> to be someone I'm be not. Be someone. <laughs> that's who should I be? I'm like, I'm going to be a woman dressed as a man, dressed as a woman. <laughs> there is some, there are some hoops that we have jumped in to get to our journey. But... You do think, you know, what, what am I doing sometimes? <laughs> 
How did I get here? <laughs> Literally every day of my life, gal. Like, so, yes. so you're in. Wait, so you, you moved. You moved to London to make a big yes. splash. The splash didn't happen was the way you expected it to happen. And yes. then you went on a full journey to Cardiff, and now you're living in yes. Cardiff. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> so I had a partner who's my best friend still. I had a partner. Um, he was male, and I moved to uh, Cardiff uh, with the intention of starting a new life. But um, we unfortunately parted ways, but we are still best friends, um, the best of bestest, bestest friends. Um, but I now have a partner who happens to be female. Yes. <sighs> Audible guy. Scandal. Oh, so much drama. But so, like, yes. do, do you feel you were, and you were saying about Wales, and I've not been to Cardiff yet. Um, I am Ever? listening. N- never. never I've, been, I've been to. I've been to other places surrounding Cardiff and surrounding mm-hmm. Wales, but not mm-hmm. not been to Wales yet. I have been watching uh, War Adams Welsh with Woe tutorials, and I can confirm that I am still terrible at Welsh. Oh yeah. But, oh me too. But so I don't know Popty Ping, which is Welsh for microwave, and I think that's about it. I don't even know if that's Pop-ty the real Ping? word for microwave. I, I, I don't Apparently, I don't think that's the real word. I feel like that's. <laughs> like, is. I feel like an ambulance. Yeah, wait. Ambulance. Let me, just, let me just. What? Ambulance is ambulance. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what you're going to need to know, isn't it? In an emergency. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, you ambulance. Don't to, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have. We're gonna have to mess with well. Um, whoa. Just be like, hey, give me some, like, give me some tips. Help me out. Uh, I swear, no one speaks Welsh in Wales, though. Like no, in Cardiff, I think. But that's the same with like Gaelic in places like Scotland and Ireland. As of, like, it's, it's a, I don't want to say a dying language, but it's, it's an under. They're both underrepresented languages, um, mm. and because everyone just assumes the UK speaks English, there mm. is this sort of like homogenisation. I think of those two languages specifically Gaelic and um, mm. Welsh I would but, love to learn it though well yeah I, I I fell in love with um the Welsh language when I was watching um ironically well not ironically just weirdly um the Queen the TV series season two of the Queen oh really was, yeah there was this sort of episode um slash historical event that happened with the <gasps> the, the mudslide that really terrible yes. situation and so oh. I was Picture this, Wayne Carter, in an adult entertainment venue, um, having a spa in a, let's say sauna. Let's just sauna. say it's a sauna. Class it up. Uh, yeah, so it's a sauna. <laughs> I'm sitting in a spa by myself, alone, having a drink, watching the this scene from The Crown and just going, what is my life? Where am I? But um, it, it was just such a surreal, surreal moment. And I felt, yeah. sort of fell in love with that. I wanted to know more about Wales because from that episode I went, oh, okay, Prince Charles is now Prince of Wales. What does that mean? What does Mm -hmm. the identity of a sort of English-born prince being the Prince of Wales when he has no clear understanding of what it means to be Welsh? Mm. So it was like a big eye-opener for me in terms of the sort of Welsh identity. Um, but uh, sliding away from that a little bit. Uh, <gasps> sliding away. Just sliding away. Oh, didn't you mean to yes. say that? Yes. Oh, oh I'm going to be, be cancelled. You know what? This is, this is, I don't mean to say these things. I just, they come out and I just, uh, oh, I just, oh my um, God. problematic. I am, I, you know what? If I get on Drag Race, um, I'm not going to win this continuity. I'm going to be problematic princess. There it is. I'm very that. Very that. Um, You're already crowned that. 
<laughs> you don't exactly. need with my, with, my, with my several dramas a week. Um, but so you moved to the U uh, from London to Cardiff, and yes, I I don't want to get too um, embroiled in like dramas and like juice and tea and stuff. But like, mm. do you feel? And we kind of touched on it before. Is like representation in mm. smaller. So London, I think, is quite big. Yeah, being that it's mm. the capital of the UK. And there's lots of diversity. And so, like, when I'm booking a show or when I have friends booking a show, I know most of the people in London. I think most of London in general is pretty open and inclusive. There are some exceptions to the rule, and they're mm. um, pretty loud and vocal. But um, I think for the most part, London is pretty open, accepting and diverse, and they try and keep it that way. But mm-hmm. then also, I think outside of London, that diversity doesn't translate. And I get the feeling that it's... I'm in two minds because I obviously we want that diversity, but is it... Why, why do you think in places like Cardiff or... So I think Manchester, <laughs> London, maybe Brighton, open, diverse, crazy... But then other smaller cities maybe not as open and diverse and accepting yet. Mm. Do you want to sort of throw that gauntlet? Why do you think <laughs> that might be the case? Not for well, it's, it's a hard one to ask. Sorry, it is. No, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wide that's a wide birthed question because it's like you, like you could talk about gender and yeah. or you could talk about race. Like the the general diversity of Cardiff of just human beings yeah. is is less diverse than it is in London. So yeah. statistically, there isn't going to be that diverseness, yeah. if that's a word, um, unfortunately. But but it is something that is a problem, and it's not like there are no um, BAME or POC people in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, but it kind of comes back to representation as well. If you if you, if someone can't see someone like them, like if I it was difficult for me to kind of start yeah um there aren't that many female born female drag queens to to look up to you know we've got amazing people like holstar and tt bang um that i was kind of looking up to at the beginning um but but for people of color in cardiff to be very specific that there isn't many if any one yeah and i think well like you you mentioned holstar and tt bang and how they are sort of idols of yours or they helped inspire you to grow. I want you yes. to know that with my small platform that I have, there are people that sometimes message me and go like, oh, I love this performer. Like, um, like I have friends that listen to this show from Australia and they have children that they're like, oh, I, my daughter loves your new makeup and blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, if you want some like real painted, you know, here's Victoria's gone and then they go to your um, social media and, and share that with their friends and stuff. And I've also had younger um, AFAB um, uh, girls that have gone, oh, you know, I, I've always wanted to do drag. And I go, Viri Yoga Vogue, Victoria's gone. Those two, bam, like they're the people that you want to look at in terms of like mm. uh, people from my sort of social circle that I go like, mm. these are inspiring women who decided to do drag and identify yes. as female. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah, so, like, I, I, I think you're paving the way to success. 
Because <laughs> you're a successful human. Um... <laughs> well, there are those that came before me that, you know, they've, they've done me. Like, Wholesale's been doing it, like, a decade. Yeah. Um, and and I, I really look Tiddy, up to her. Is, is Tiddy Bang... <sighs> I, I see lots from her. I think I met her once at... Um, Stella Marble, one of Stella Marble's gigs in Bethnal Green, um, mm-hmm. where she was DJing or um, she was hosting, maybe. Um, but she's phenomenal. Like I have so much time for her. Um, yeah, as well. So I think she's so crafty, which so, I love. Lolo Brown is another one as well that is just like phenomenal. So like I, they're more like Valesky, right? Yeah, I, she she does a lot of burlesque. She does a lot of um, Gorlesque, I think, is the term. She does like a lot of circus acts and like um, scare things that make you go Ugh! like that mm. take you take your breath away a bit. Um, mm. So she's phenomenal as well. Um, it's just it's, it's inspiring, is what it is. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned Mary's Mary's in Cardiff. Um, yes. Is so is the hope. When lockdown is fully eased, are you hoping to get back out there? Are you hoping to do shows? What what's what's the plan for Victoria? Yeah, as, as soon as possible, really. Um, we are a little bit behind you, um, in Cardiff than in England. Well, in more ways than one, but I mean, um, in terms of lockdown, um, we are a few weeks behind. So we are opening things like pubs and clubs on the third of August. I think that's inside space, but that still doesn't mean that we can open up things like live music or entertainment. I, th- I know I've seen in England some people, some drag queens are getting around it by doing like sort of maitre d work or like host hosting like as people come in, which is a really clever way of doing it, like keep, keeping drag queens in business and busy. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to go here. Like I'm, I'm only there on a Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday, which is difficult. Like that's a weekday as well, so yeah. it, it, business is going to be. It's difficult be really anyway well, yeah I, I was talking to dave cross from the rvt uh last week and it is like and you mentioned hosting um like mm. welcoming like do- essentially a door drag queen yeah uh, metro d yeah um it is such a, a it's, it's going to be an interesting transition period and it's going to be interesting to see how to see how people take up that gauntlet i think Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of gauntlets, there was a drag competition that I may have decided to enter in uh, foolishly <laughs> with little to no, uh, um, a small amount of talent, a small amount of skill, but yes. uh, a high level of craziness. Uh, lockdown legends. Now, Tia Coffee, Something Wong, uh, Rose Garden, yourself, Poppycock, and Woe Adams were judging yes. uh, a uh, drag competition online for mm-hmm. uh, um, many weeks. And I was in Team Poppycock and I maybe didn't do so well. Uh, <laughs> well, when did you get booted, darling? <laughs> I, 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 may, I may have been eliminated in week one. Uh, but? <laughs> however, I did like the fierce Brock ally that I am. Um, I, did, I was welcomed onto every single episode, hence after. But, um, yes, we, and that's how it's done. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about that branding, babe. Like, I don't need to be there for the whole thing. I don't want to put in effort. I just want to come in, no. turn a, a stupid look, and just have my face smashed on there. 
Yeah, but you were the banjee of the exactly. I'm scene. very much this banjee, messy, yes. unpredictable, crazy, but lovable. Um, <laughs> but so you were you were asked, uh, I assume by Tia or something, because um, they were sort of organising it, um, to be one of the judges on the show. Um, yes. Can you um, talk about that kind of how you came about being one of the judges on on the competition? And yes. Well, we were, te- I think that we were technically mentors, um, Sorry, so we weren't mentor. doing any judging as such because we, otherwise that would be very biased of us. I think we kind of did a bit of judging in like the first first week or two, um, you know, well, to felt, get rid of the I riffraff, <laughs> <laughs> which we did. Yeah, 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 I was skin. gone straight away. You're like, oh, I don't want to judge you, but also I'm going to judge you. You're gone. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but we were mentors, um, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was great to have like a team of people to work with, um, to look after a little bit. I was really really honoured to be asked. Um, I've done a few a few gigs at the Brewers, and um, T is lovely and amazing, and um, all the mentors were great in their own way. Rose Garden is just hilarious. Um, she, she is the she definition was a lot. of extra. She will tell you how it is. No yes. She will not, like, hold back, yeah. Oh, yes. Like, did you see the episode when, like, Chanel um, got um, eliminated and it was, like, Chanel left and, like, she, she eliminated herself? Rose did that to the mental group. <laughs> like, as soon as the last episode had been aired, it was, like, Rose has and left. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with your nonsense. Bye. And the funny thing is, is, like, so, like, watching that all that back is, like, Poppycock um, might have come off with a bit of a mild villain edit in terms of how she came across. And mm. while I, I know her fairly well, I think, is that she can have those types of personality traits. At her core, she is a lovely human. And yes. maybe the video maybe painted her in a, a light that's maybe not yeah. as glamorous. Whereas Rose no. is 100% that person. Oh, that was Rose, yeah. That is Rose. Through and through. Like, she is problematic. She does not care. She will oh. fight for you. Like, And yet still like, lovable. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Like, I had so much time for her. But, like, yeah, no, she is, she's crazy. So, like, I think that's yeah. why I think I find a connection to her. But, yeah, so, like, yeah. You, you were asked by um, uh, Tia and something to uh, be a mentor on the show. Um, yes. I And I consider you a bit of a mentor, even though... Um, no, not even though. I was going to say even though I've been doing drag longer than you, but it doesn't matter. Um, I, I consider you a mentor, and I think you are um, quite... The things you do inspire me quite a lot. Mm. Um, oh, that's very kind. Oh, I, I oh, you're so cute. <laughs> um, but, so imagine, picture this. Uh, well, are you, what were some of the... Okay, not picture this. What were some of the things in your... Because you were a mentor for the show. What were some of yes. the things that you gave as advice to your um to your team to like to my mentees um it is you think oh it's gonna be fabulous and you know i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say that but when it when it actually comes down to it and and then there's this poor little baby drag baby comes to you like i've got this idea it's so difficult to then go no that's awful like you 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 can't do that so for that experience it it was it was a learning curve for me even to be able to try and and nurture these baby drag queens i mean chanel's been doing it as long as i have like chanel was one of my my girls um so you it's kind of a a, a bit of a balancing act to find where you can give advice and you know 
with Chanel, I considered it was like just just like a friendly advice sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby Bell, um, who was an AFAB drag queen on my on my team, mm-hmm. um, I, I loved working with her. She had some amazing ideas. Um, who I felt like I, I could mentor a little bit more, but again, she, she's such a, a strong-headed woman, and like she she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She has such a vision. She writes her own songs that I didn't need to do an awful lot. Like I was yeah. happy with what she was doing. I'm not going to go. Oh, you know, she, like she got a, note, a lot of notes about her makeup, yeah. and I think like people expected me to give makeup advice, and I can give advice all day long, but but how I paint my face is different to how anyone paints a face like every and it's your own drag like you yeah. will find your way and well, I mean, learn your own face well exactly so you you said that quite um beautifully is that like in terms of baby bells look um I I guess I had a similar I, I I'm going on a similar trajectory to what baby bell is in terms of her makeup and her look and same with mine and poppycock was my mentor and I kept asking her makeup-based questions because I think in terms of the performance, I've already got that sorted. Like, what I'm doing, I don't need Poppy to help me with that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I need more help when it comes to sort of makeup and application. And I would ask her for advice, and she gave it, and she was really lovely. But then I think ultimately for me it came to just playing with the things. I just needed the tools and then to, to be going, okay, here is, like here's a makeup brush, like, use it, you know. Mm. Uh, Find out what it does. Yeah, figure out how to do So currently <laughs> the, the journey I'm on is blending. So, like, that is sort of the, the thing that I'm focused on at the moment. And what mm-hmm. would be if – so going back, if you were a fledgling drag performer, what are some of the first things that you would go, you need these things mm. if you want to sort of do – I don't want to say traditional drag or like mainstream drag, but what what are the things that you need or wish you had when mm. when you first started? What are the things mm. that make you happy? Well, it, it's interesting you say that about traditional drag because that's what I think I try and do mm. is blend trad drag yeah. with current drag. Like I'm not trying to start a revolution here. Like I'm I'm constantly nodding back to traditions. Yeah, um, and. Well, that's, that's a good question. Like, are you sort of saying if I was to talk to baby Victoria, like, day one, yeah, like, here I you go, so, here's yeah. a little because kit. Because I, well, like, because, like, your journey versus my journey, because I did see your post when Canada's Drag Race came out, uh, season, episode two, when they were like, this is your first time in drag versus your drag today, and what you would, like, want to recreate. That's uh, what I'm in now. I was going to say. That's I what I'm wearing that, right now. I was going to say, I think that's what you're wearing. <laughs> Uh, but like so, yes. so but like I feel the same way, and but like my evolution has been: dude in a dress, dude in a dress and a wig, dude in a dress and a wig and a little bit of makeup, and now dude in a dress and a wig with a lot of makeup, but mm. it's all a mess. So like, yes, um, I, I I I think for me, looking back now, even though my, I don't discount any of the performance I've done and I think the journey that I've been on is you know miraculous but I, I can't imagine going on stage now without makeup on my face and so that's oh, my, God, no, yeah. and that's my journey but so for you like you say traditional drag versus sort of a modern take of drag and again your looks on Instagram and on social media are like mind-blowingly beautiful <laughs> so um, I always try and stay camp yeah oh I, I think but that's why we're friends. It's like a, a base <laughs> level of camp. So what? Yes. So what are the things? 
Baby Victoria is <laughs> Baby Victoria. Baby Victoria <laughs> in front of you and you're like, honey, these are the things that you need. What yeah. would be your sort of few things that you go for? Well, a wig to start off with, because baby Victoria <laughs> used her own hair. <laughs> I mean it didn't look far off from this because she was bleached to death um that that damaged bleached frizzy hair look i've tried to recreate it with a wig um but that was all real like she didn't have a wig on so baby victoria get yourself a wig um that didn't last too long though and then and then even when i did get wigs i, I had no idea how to style wigs i mean please don't look at this as an example because it's it's oh no that it is, is a throwback a thing that's on your head mm. there's a thing it's growing and living and breathing and it smells very fragrant um <laughs> but um oh god it's, it's really it's been nice to look back it's funny you say that because that's kind of what i'm doing now is like looking yeah. back at what i was doing and um well as soon as canada's drag race episode two came out that's the first thing I yeah did. i looked yeah back. yeah yeah and it was it was quite nice like as soon as soon as it yeah like you said as soon as it came out i was like oh my god i, I need to do this like i need to recreate it um and i would probably say i think that you're on the right track with doing extra makeup like as in extravagant makeup victoria because i always wanted to do something extravagant i at the time i felt like it was because well, well you're a woman so you can't just put on a, a, a bit of mascara yeah. and like call yourself a drag queen purely because i was a biological woman i thought i have to be as extra as possible to say look at me i'm in drag mm. and, and I, I i get that but i i do it now for different reasons like I kind of don't don't really care too much about about the gender side of it I just enjoy the expression of yeah. extravagance through makeup and another yeah, person, gender expression another person that's done a similar trajectory to you in that respect is Miss Disney now Miss Disney I don't mm. know if you know her um, yes she's I think she's from Brighton I think she lives in Brighton but um she I saw her post I think the same day when Canada's Drag Race came out she posted the last, I think, four years or three years of Miss Disney looks and the trajectory she's gone on in terms of, like, sort of femme face to, like, when she first started, like, just uh, 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 essentially, I, I don't want to say this, but, like, pretty woman, uh, beautiful yes. woman, to, like, fully painted drag queen. Yeah, like heightened version. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. similar, I guess, similar vibe to you in that respect, like, going yeah. from a beautiful... A beautiful beats to like a full beat um and like clown <laughs> clown face yeah i mean yeah. That, that in answer to your question I, I do use literally a lot of clown white and like my the people always say oh what do you use for your white i'm like snazaru clown makeup like, oh, okay. literally <laughs> like so, so please send me the link because i'm using i will because i'm using what is it cryolan tv paint stick white so i will show you in is. full oh, look look we're, we're influencers now we're influencers. look at us Look at us go. Is it? Is it? There, there, okay, there we go. Snazaru. <laughs> I wish I was sponsored by Snazaru, but I'm not. Um, but I, yeah, a lot of my makeup is is not like normal makeup. It's clown makeup. Yeah, well, that's um, bad. But you've a bit. Yeah. thing. It's like I think. But what is normal makeup? Exactly. So, like, there are there are performers that I would say are falling into the sort of East London drag style of like campy, crazy sort of left of centre, non-traditional mm. drag, but they're mm. using paints or they're using different things on their face to, like, spackle to make a look. And mm. so, like, Luki La, I don't know if you know who Luki La is, mm. but they, they are someone who like, always inspires me to do great things in terms of makeup. Um, so, you know, that's the journey. So, 
your one tip to baby. I still haven't answered your question. <laughs> I was gonna, we tangented it off. We got it. Like, what was the question? I can't remember. Right. What is, what what? is, what is you, your, so far, your one tip was lots of makeup for baby Victoria. Wear a yes. wig. So you have kind of answered Wear a question. Wig. Wear a wig. Put on okay. a, a, a boatload of makeup. Yeah. And... Um, in terms of actual physical things, wash your brushes, but... Because I swear to God, I haven't washed my brushes since I started. <laughs> do as um, I say, not as I do. Okay, can. Yeah, wash brushes. Um, uh, got to be glued. It's a great hair gel for wigs because wig glue rips out my hair and I don't want bald patches. So what is right. got to be glue? I, I keep seeing people post that. Is that, is that for, like, hairspray? It's just hairspray. Like, yeah, so it's hairspray so, to, like, get snatched the hair down and stuff like that, yes? Yes, but I use it literally as a wig glue. I don't know why this is now a tutorial. <laughs> but um, So I'll literally like spray it on mm. my hairline and then hair, with a hairdryer. Yeah, I'll like dry it until it's, it's, it's just stuck. Like it's stuck right now. Yeah. You can probably hear it like across the air's wig. Um, <laughs> but it just it doesn't rip your hair out because it's like water soluble. Oh, so bad. sponsor me, um, Swashcroft. <laughs> if you could sponsor me. Swashcroft. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's tab because I that was I mean I have not gotten to the stage of gluing down a wig yet because the, the okay. wigs that I'm currently using are stolen from Queen Boudicca uh, are they hard fronts no they were the I've got a couple of lace fronts um, mm-hmm. and then I've got a couple of hard fronts but like nothing um, wrong with the hard front no I mean I, the one that I I've got a lot of um, what are they called fringes I've got a lot of yes. wigs but I want to get into that sort of I, I, I want to get some proper good wigs, and I'm looking at a few wig stylists at the moment that I'm trying to flirt mm. with. Um, well, I'm potentially getting into wig styling. I mean, I, this is an awful wig to have worn for this exact situation, but um, I've, in lockdown, I have been like properly getting there with so wigs. That, well, and so that's the thing, like you said, like we said at the start, is like find something that you're interested in during coronavirus and. Mm dive into it at first for me yes it's makeup for you it's everything. <laughs> everything uh i've tried <laughs> to keep myself busy not bad, <laughs> to do something. I, I fully relate i fully relate mm. um, i do you know what i'm worried about is people um thinking of me as a makeup queen as much as i love that and that is pretty much all i'm doing right now yeah. i'm i'm terrified of people just thinking of me as doing makeup because that's okay. not why i started drag and that's not why i'm here and why well, so, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I remember, I remember ages ago. I was doing a show um, at the Phoenix Artist Club, and I, in, you may not remember this, but I invited you with Poppycock ages ago to come and do a show. Um, I think life just got in the way and it didn't work out. But um, you, I don't remember this. Uh, do you not? No. I, I will. I will. We'll talk about it after. But like, okay. there's a full story there um, that I don't want to get, get into. But like, okay. um, am I in trouble? No, <laughs> was no, that no, wrong no, no, I just. I don't want to. I don't want to steal any. I don't want to like throw throw you under the bus in terms of like. Oh God! Like, what can I do? The, no, 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 nothing. Nothing. Uh, I think it was just like there was a there was a moment in uh, your life that you weren't ready. This was many oh. years ago, by the way. Oh, I had a full drag break. Yeah, so this is, I think, before the break that you had, okay. where you maybe weren't, you were really excited to perform, but you weren't super ready, 
at that stage. Mm. And so I was like, okay, cool, I understand. And we sort of moved on from there. But um, oh, I had a question. long break. Oh, Sorry, um, where were we? <laughs> we get carried away. What was the, what was the, oh, so no, your, the question that I wanted to ask was like, um, you don't want to be identified as a makeup queen or an Instagram influencer or whatever. That yeah, is. well, whatever that I don't means. mind, but not on its own. Yeah, yeah, not like just that. I don't want to be pigeonholed. You so, know what I mean? Yeah. She's versatile. I just, <laughs> you and me both, babe. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't, I think I'm quite lucky in that I've, I've known you for a while and I've seen the progression of Victoria's Gone and I've seen, I know you in the flesh, so I've seen you do things. So um, <laughs> Lucky you. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you for things. And, for my flesh. Uh, for your flesh, for all of your flesh. <laughs> Uh, but so how the, the the makeup journey camp people you you like that people see that and validate that what is yes. another area so for me maybe yeah. makeup ish comedy ish burlesque ish these are the things that sort of like identify label me as a performer mm. what is something that you want people to be like oh victoria's gone she's an amazing makeup artist she's an amazing what well, I originally started as a live singer. Mm. Um, that is, that was the whole sole purpose of me doing drag was to, you know, I'd failed per se as a musical theatre artist, um, and I wanted to put myself out there artistically somehow, no matter what. I didn't have an outlet, and I, I kind of fell in love with the idea of drag. Um, there's lots of different reasons why I fell into drag. Someone asked me this today in yeah. Apple, actually. Um, why I always end up talking about drag for some reason. Um, how, why I got into drag, and it's, it's such a difficult question because that there's I don't I couldn't even answer it properly. There's there's too many reasons of how I ended up here, and I I'm just so glad that they all all the stars aligned and I ended up yeah. here somehow or another. Um, but yeah, I originally wanted to be well. I am still a live singer, and, and I I've always performed live. I don't think I've, I've ever lip synced a show as such I've done like things yeah. over lockdown lip syncing but I don't even want to just be known as that either like I I, I imagine myself one day on drag race like you know how you just have Do to be it. good at everything I would well, live that... I would live to see you on drag people like well so would I love but yeah. it's not possible right now <laughs> never say never never say no. never even a spin-off I'd be happy with like just a, anything but no. yeah you, you kind of have to have a have a bit of a finger in all the pies um, I, I don't disagree. I think I think yeah. find what you're good at and and work on it. And I think one of the big things when I moved to the UK was to say yes to new experiences. And so, like, I I never had before I moved to the UK six years ago. I had never done drag. I'd never done burlesque. I'd I'd never done uh, hosting cabaret stages at music festivals. I'd never done a fringe festival. Like there there is so many things that like I've ticked off my bucket list that I mm-hmm. never expected. Like in the back of my mind, maybe similar to you, like you're like, this would be camp. I'm a musical theatre person. I would be, it would be a gag to sing in front of these people. Cut to now you're doing drag. Maybe it didn't happen. The, the journey you're expected, but it's, mm. not, it's still a pretty wild ride. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, as I've done theatre all my life and I've, I've done pantomimes, which kind of made me weirdly fascinated with drag queens. And um, <laughs> I, I just love, 
I have loved RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Um, oh, that makes it sound like I don't love it anymore. I still love it. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't pinpoint the one thing that was like, oh, I'm gonna do drag now. I mean, I, I entered Drag Idol, and that's how I started. Um, and I will always be an advocate for Drag Idol um, purely because it is a platform. Like we, we could never say no to a platform to yeah. anything. No, I think I agree. I agree. I've never done well yeah. in Drag Idol, but I will always sort of say <laughs> positive things about it. Uh, yes. And getting out and giving it a go. And Absolutely. the difference between being on stage in the flesh and doing in the flesh and doing stuff. You're obsessed with my doing, flesh. <laughs> I do love your flesh now. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so you're a musical theatre nerd. Dare mm. I ask the impossible question, is there a song, like, is there a go-to song for you as Victoria that you're like, this is everything, I need to sing this, this is my, like, my go-to song. Mm. Yeah, Don't Rain on My Parade. <laughs> That's musical theatre, technically, right? Yeah. yeah or no. Everybody Says Don't, which is another Barbara. Yeah. I, I am not a Barbara Streisand impersonator, but I try my very best. <laughs> Everyone says we're very similar sounding. <laughs> I, I, I see <laughs> that for you. I support, the, I, I, I support that delusion. Uh, my fantasy. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so let's, let's slide on. We've... we've We've talked all Victoria, we've talked uh, Cardiff, we've talked drag, we've talked about representation. Let's delve into some news articles because we've got, I think, about 15 minutes left before we have to okay. sort of disappear into the world. But I'm going to have to put this in. Is that going to be a problem? What My we, child. Ooh, you you want to stick it in? Because I do. I really want to stick it in, Wayne. Okay, I've been thinking in. about it the whole episode. Oh, well, stick it in then. Stick it in. <laughs> okay. be, care, be careful, doll. Be, okay, because I will. Okay. Is it in? I don't... I don't oh. Can oh, you hear me? Oh, that feels nice. Yeah? Do you yeah. like it? Oh, I like it. <laughs> My girlfriend's just walked through the front door and she's going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> I leave you alone for two minutes and already already you're sticking things in, people. I mean, calm down. Oh, oh it's oh. all falling apart now. <laughs> um... Speaking right, of, we, we're done with Victoria. Yeah, speaking of things that are mildly falling apart. Yes. J.K. Rowling. Oh, she's she's fully falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going on her own journey and saying some very interesting things. And a lot of people, especially in the sort of Harry Potter sort of fan circle and actors are sort of distant distancing themselves from um, J.K. Rowling and her, I guess, anti-trans speech and her sort of turfy behaviour, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, which is, you know, craziness. Um, But in Edinburgh, where she lived and where she penned most of uh, the first three or four books, I think, uh, of Harry Potter, there's um, some gold handprints of hers and they have been vandalised. Now, I think it's an upgrade. Can you explain why? <laughs> I, I, well, I, 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 I support it, but also it's hard. It, oh, I think she's, she's just, what is she, what is she playing at? Like, hmm. what, oh, it, it's, it's just not even laughable in, in the, in the mildest sense. It, it's just, destroy it's going to be destroying people mm. people's identity people's lives it's it, it, i don't even she can, can fathom 
what effect she is having, what negative effect she is having on the community. So if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the um, the vandalism that's actually happened, so someone has um, splattered red paint all over the gold handprints of J.K. Rowling in Edinburgh, and then they've put a, a trans a trans pride flag smack in the middle of it. Um, there. I think people would see a lot of symbolism and a lot of like feel certain feelings when they see the, that sort of smattering of red paint with the trans flag. Do, is there? Do you see any symbolism, or do you just think someone's just just trying to erase J.K. Rowling? What What do you think? I think that the, the vandalism is quite literally the least we could do. She is she's doing far worse with her words than a bit of red paint and the symbolism great go for it but that is literally the least that we could do she she's she's potentially ruining people's lives and yeah. really really hurting a lot of people um it's it's, it's like the, the pe- people i can i can hear people now saying oh it's vandalism and it's it's like the whole the statue situation all over yeah, again I like think, these, i think exactly the same thing yeah yeah they're physical objects this is people I was hiding that, um, holding that in a higher regard than than the identity of human beings. It's exactly. quite bizarre. I, I, I think I, I think people need to like. I think there's a a case to be said in terms of like freedom of speech, but then when it comes to freedom of speech, you have to recognise that sometimes your speech maybe is problematic or maybe hurtful, and you need mm. to be accountable for that. So as someone who sometimes says words and phrases that are sometimes not always perfect and I cause some distress in some people, I recognise those moments and I apologise and try and learn and grow and get better. And I think, unfortunately, she, J.K. Rowling, might be potentially just sort of digging herself into a... being being strong-willed in her belief system and uh, not wanting to see a different side and being very maybe maybe stubborn who yeah knows? who knows but I, I absolutely and then i think she she's portraying it like she's educated and she's researched on this subject but but a lot of her her argument is based on uh, ill-educated opinion and yeah. i think is it sue, sue gives her yeah oh, gave a very say that, yeah so sue, um, sue, sue's been on the show before and she like you said she there's a a 10 or 15 minute sort of debunking that Sue's done. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. It's really, really well thought out and really, yeah. I have so much time for Sue as well. Like she is, yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, so uh, speaking of turfs and people saying things, there was a hashtag that was trending recently in the last couple of days and it was hashtag only females get cervical cancer. Okay. What is your instinct, instinctual reaction when you hear or see that post? Well, initially, obviously, it's evidently incorrect. Um, trans men could potentially have that as well. I guess yeah. it's just absolute trollop. Yeah. Um, and did you say there was there was a charity that um, what a yeah um, so, so Joe's, 
Yeah, so Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust, so I'm not sure whereabouts they're based, but they essentially saw this this tweet or this hashtag that was trending and they went they went out and called it out and they said, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, everyone with a cervix should have access to support and information about cervical cancer and smear tests, including trans and non-binary people. Mm. So I, I think it's just another, it's really telling, it's really interesting that someone can weaponize um, cancer as mm. being like, oh, yeah. this is for women. Like, oh. like, so you're alienating trans men and non-binary people who are already marginalised within our community, and you're saying, oh, you can't get a pap smear because you're not a, you're not, you know, a woman, whatever that means. Like, how can, like... Yeah, like devaluating, devaluizing, I, I lost the word, yeah. but, like, devaluizing, devaluating their, their, the potential for someone as a human being to get cancer. Like, how low could you possibly go? And also, what the hell has it got to do with them? Like, what is their cervix or not their cervix got to do with them? Nothing. It doesn't affect you in any way these, at all. These conversations with tradition, I, w- I want to say traditionally conservative folk, um, is that they're always opinionated about someone else and what someone else can do. And I always, mm-hmm. it always comes back to me and many different topics, many different situations when I just go like, is it affecting you? No. Is it affecting anyone negatively? In like, like, are you being affected? Is it harming you or someone else? Then don't worry if it doesn't yeah. affect you or it doesn't affect someone else. Then That's like, like Mind how, it. how is someone? How is a trans man or a non-binary person who thinks they might have cervical cancer going to get a pap smear? How does that affect anyone outside of that individual person? Exactly. And that kind of goes back to J.K. Rowling. Like, why has she suddenly got so involved in it? Like, claiming that that trans children are being forced into this transitional stage. It's it, Like, Sue, Sue says a good lot about it, about it. It's such a lengthy process. Yeah. Like, it, it's like she knows absolutely nothing about it. She's spouting misinformation. It's, it's, it's a lot. And she just needs to mind her business. I yeah I, I think so too I think sometimes we need to just sort of recognize that we're from a, a a position that we maybe don't know all the information about and to either educate ourselves or to move on and that's why we do driving you homo is to try and educate ourselves and to educate the world and that's why we're on um on radio as well so we can be voiced to not just so it's not an echo chamber and I think that's I think that's super important. So hopefully, mm. if there is someone out there who doesn't know about trans rights or trans identity or about um, this situation specifically, get we've educated you a little bit. Maybe you can get um, some more information um, on mm. what it means to be a trans man or uh, a non-binary person. Speaking mm. of, no, there's no segue. Um, I, I went to <laughs> You were really searching there. Like, mm, thinking That's of, a reach. Thinking of. Yeah, okay, you know what? Thinking of transitions like a butterfly, like from a caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly, a good coming out, if you will. Not there like have this been link. two, maybe three recent coming outs. This Pride, mm-hmm. I think Pride Month is a very big time for LGBTQI plus folk to live in their truth, own their truth, maybe see with more visibility that comes out 
I think more people are becoming more open. And uh, someone who came out recently was Nikki Blonsky. Nikki Blonsky, uh, famed for her role in as the lead actress in uh, Hairspray, Tracy, Tracy Turnblad in Hairspray, musical theatre. Yeah, I can, I can hear the bells. Uh, she came out as uh, gay or came out as lesbian um, this year. So big shout out to her. Um, but also two, what are they called? Car- uh, cartoons to mm. fictional characters. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants came out as officially came out as gay, even though I think we all had an inkling. Uh, yeah. And another person who came out as gay was Velma from Scooby Doo. Was it Velma or Daphne? No, it was Velma. Wasn't it? Velma. Velma. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the one with the orange turtleneck. Yes, um, and that little the Bob situation. And the Bob. Um, yeah. Where's my glasses? I kind of want to do. I think I'm going to do a Velma drag at some point. I think I will yeah. pull that off. Um, <laughs> side note. Um, You've got enough fringe wigs. Does she have a fringe? <laughs> oh, exactly. Just, um, so do you think, I, I, my question to you is, do you think with uh, SpongeBob and Velma, Velma from, Velma? Yeah, Velma, coming out from um, Scooby-Doo, do you think it's important? Do you think there's too much saturation? Um, mm. with LGBT folk in terms of, like, it's a kid's show. Let them be kids. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's all a bit of fun. Like, I, I enjoy it. And, and it kind of um, brought me back to my thoughts of when, when I watch TV shows and I'm on Twitter and I'm, I'm searching these TV shows or whatever and looking at the conversation about it, and people go, well, why is this character gay? Um, it's, it's not needed. It's not part of the storyline. Well, hello, um, I'm gay, and I'm also other things as well. Like, isn't it funny that you can you can have this job and also be gay? Like, it doesn't have to be part of the plot. Whoa! Like, people are gay. It's okay. Like, we're other things as well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation to have. And like you said, when you were talking about Cardiff and like representation and like more visibility for people who are maybe not traditional, quote unquote. Um, in terms of the drag scene but um, it's the same with like queer representation on mainstream media and I think that the younger generation are just so like Steven Universe is another prime example Steven Universe is very femme focused and very femme presenting and very like even though Steven Universe is the gender is an interesting one with that one and so like and they they could be presenting as male, but they could also be presenting as female. So mm. I think the young kids today are quite lucky in their diversity in terms of like inclusion and openness within cartoons. Yeah. Adventure Time's another yeah. one as well. It's like really, you know, queer friendly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it, uh, diversity and um, just just having it as an option in front of you, like to be able to see that. I can't remember the word of it now. I'm sure you said it a minute ago. Representation. Never. Yeah, I think re- yeah, I think representation. <laughs> is, so... Yeah, I think it's important. It's great they've come out. Like I, I, I we were speaking earlier about um, was it the athlete that has come out recently? Like I, I didn't come yeah, out till so I was twenty. There's... Okay, where's it? Where's the name? Hold up. I've, I've got so many. I've, <laughs> I've really so many... put it 
<laughs> so yeah, so re- Welsh rugby, judo, weightlifting, and wrestling international icon Non Evans has come out as gay. So she she said, please don't judge me, I'm gay. Sorry, it took me thirty years to say that. So like, yeah, I think there is this sort of it, it's a difficult one because like, um, where are you? Oh no, oh no, I've lost you. Me? No. I, Okay, I'll find you again. Oh. Um, so I think there's an interesting um, conversation to be had in terms of, like, um, the sporting industry um, and, like, the inherent masculinity that is there within the... Um, and it doesn't matter if you're identifying as a male or female. Like, sport is a very masculine-dominated profession. And um, when you're seen as not masculine... And I think when you come out as queer or gay, male, female, whatever, I think there is a sense of feminization towards that. Like, oh, you're a gay man. Oh, that must mean you're camp and that must mean you're blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're a lesbian. Yeah. Oh, that must mean you do this. That must... there, there are labels that are connected to you because of that. And so I think there is a lot of people in sport that kind of feel like they – can't in a way come out yet mm. so yeah they, uh, they don't seem like they're, they're less of an athlete perhaps because of their their, but their sexual congratulations and welcome <laughs> yeah well guess yeah. what <laughs> Vic, guess what it's the what? end oh no I oh. really need a wee wee so that's great <laughs> I also I'm sweating like a gorilla so like I am ready to leave um <laughs> But uh, so that was driving you homo, the Radio Straight Podcast YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer sphere that you need to hear. As always, I'm Wayne Carter. You can follow me on all social media at one Wayne Carter. Uh, you can also follow driving you homo at driving you homo. Um, also, I feel like there's a guest that we have in this virtual studio. Where? Where? Oh, there you are, Victoria. Victoria Scon. Have you got social media that people should follow? Oh, just a few, darling. Well, I'm, I'm at Victoria Scone on everything, really. So you can definitely find me on Instagram at Victoria Scone, at Twitter. I mean, I'm, I'm only just, I'm, 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 a, I'm a dabbler with I'm a tweeter, a dabbler tweeter. Um, I, but, I have been known to tweet occasionally, but I think it's better. I think we're better on the gram. I think it's safe yeah, to say that. Find us on the, the gram. gram. Yeah. Uh, so thank, thank you very much, Victoria. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I will see you in the flesh sometime soon. Um, <laughs> You'll see my very soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you.